Hi, everyone. It's Angela from The Spiritual Life. Thank you for joining me here. So um, tonight, we're going to be talking about doing the work, meaning, you know, the whole spiritual concept of doing the work, working on yourself. And uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? And why should we do the work? And what's the benefit of doing the work? And how do we do the work? And really, well, what does all this, this mean, this whole doing the work for spirituality? And uh, how does that all pay off? The Spiritual Life with Angela Boswell. The following recording is a live free mentoring call that I host every Monday night. If you'd like to be part of this call, just stay tuned to the end of this podcast for instructions. So before we get started, I'd like you just to find a nice, comfortable place to sit. Get nice and comfy and relaxed. And a lot of people like to take notes for our group calls here. Uh, maybe get a pen and paper and, and get that going. But just take time to intentionally shift your energy for our discussion tonight. Before we get started, just refocus what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on, you know, all the, the worries that may be on your mind right now. Just let all of that go for a little while. Just let it go. Let it be. It'll be there when we're done. I promise you, whatever it is you are worried about, it'll be there when we finish tonight, okay? So just set it aside. Take some time for you, for your own growth, for your own self-work and empowerment and self-understanding, and make this time just for you, thinking about you, your life, and lending some understanding to it, maybe a creating a larger overview, maybe, so that you can just see things more clearly. Um, but I think it's very important that we each take time for ourselves to look at our lives, to grow, help I think it helps us function more um, you know in addition to things like meditation I think it's just really important that we take some time to ourselves you know there is so much going on in this crazy world and there's so many things that need our attention so many people pulling at us from all different directions needing something from us whether it's work or family or expectations we have of ourselves we just get so wound up and trying to do everything that we've promised and check off everything that's on our daily list of things that we need to do and it just seems like sometimes it's easy to get really caught up in the world around us and then days weeks even months go by and we realize that we haven't made any time for ourselves to just think about us and, you know, our life and where we are and to evaluate and maybe come out of it with a better understanding and spending time analyzing what we're going through and deciding if we're really where we want to be in life. You know, we get so busy just doing things, sometimes we forget to stop. And think about the things that we're doing and how we're spending our precious time here on earth. So I invite you to take some time tonight during our discussion and any time that you can to just check out for a little while and just focus on you and what's important to you. And you know everything else will be there when you're done. It'll all still be there and you can pick it right back up. Okay, so you know, for the next hour or so, just, uh, just join me in this. And whether you choose to be a guest or not, that's fine. I just appreciate you meeting me here and listening. And maybe 
there's something helpful for you in this discussion. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about the spiritual concept of doing the work. I'll talk about what that means, how to do work on ourselves, why we don't always do it, and the benefits of it. As I speak about these concepts, I will invite you to join me with your questions and comments. So again, you may want to get a piece of paper and pen and make some notes. Each month, I write a newsletter that I email out to my clients and anyone else who's interested. And I put it on my blog and put it on social media. And it follows a template every month. And part of that template is that I write an article about something that, that I feel is important. And then at the end of the article, I have another section that's called do the work. And it asks you questions about the article, questions that you can ask yourself, that you can look at yourself with that contact, content in that context and see if that's something you're going through and how you might grow through it. So that's really where I'm starting tonight is what does that really mean? That whole do the work thing, you know, why is it so important? Why does Angela always ask me all these questions, doing the work? Does it really make sense? Does it really matter? And so I thought I'd, I'd spend some time going over that this evening. And also, if you don't receive that newsletter and you would like to receive it, uh, just go to my website, angelaboswell.com and sign up for the newsletter there. And if you want to see past issues with the different articles and the different do the work sections there, just click on newsletter when you're on the website and you can read those at your leisure. Okay, so here we go. What do I mean by doing the work? Well, the first thing is learning about yourself through your own experiences. So when you're doing the work, it actually means that you're being self-aware and objective about what you're going through and seeing it through a larger viewpoint through a, a bigger overview. So learning about yourself through your own experiences is really the whole concept of doing the work. But it's also about being aware and present in the middle of your experiences. So as these things are happening to you in life, these different situations, you are aware that, hey, I'm in the middle of a situation right here. And maybe there's something in this for me to learn about. Maybe I shouldn't just muddle my way through this situation until it's over or endure it or avoid it completely until it's over. Maybe as I'm in the middle of it, I can take a moment and be present and become aware that perhaps there's something in this that is important for me to understand about myself. Another aspect of doing the work is making decisions in your life to support your intentions so that when you do the work, you're actually taking action. You're making decisions and you're taking actions on issues that you're involved in that you want to shift. It's about seeing yourself and everyone around you as part of a bigger picture where there's something important to be learned from your interactions. So it's not just a situation you're going through. It's the larger view of the whole situation with everyone who's involved. So it's about looking at that and saying, wow, perhaps subconsciously I set up this whole situation so I could go through this experience and learn this thing about me. So, um, so that's part of it is just looking at the whole picture not just not just you and oh my gosh i'm having a bad day it's about the whole picture and all the interactions of everyone around you it's also about viewing your challenges as opportunities to objectively look at your behavior so it again it's not just about wow um this is a really tough day and i i don't want to be here or this is a situation that's really taking a lot out of me 
and I don't want to experience it anymore. It's more than just that. It's, hey, there's something here that could be important for me to look at and learn from. So having that awareness, I think, is is just very important. Being honest with yourself about your life experiences. That's part of doing the work is being honest with yourself. And, you know, sometimes we don't even know if we're being honest with ourselves or not. You know, we could have created this whole world that, that we believe in, we think we do, and yet something just isn't right. And we can ignore that for a long time, but eventually we get honest with ourselves. And when that honesty comes, we get clarity on what we're really experiencing and what we want. So I think honesty is a very large part of doing the work. And then also it's about having the courage to make hard choices and act upon those choices. Uh, It takes a lot of courage to change and to go into an area that is uncertain and unclear and trust that everything's going to be okay. Sometimes it takes a lot more courage than someone has at the moment. And they have to wait until the timing's right again later because they're just not ready to give up the security of what they're experiencing in order to move forward into an uncertain future. And I see that all the time. You know, I have this saying that people only change when the fear of the future is less than the pain of today. Um, I say that with my clients all the time because they'll say, you know, Angela, I just don't know. I, I want this better life and I don't know. And I always say, well, your pain just hasn't gotten strong enough yet. You know, when, when your pain overrides your fear, that's when you're going to make a big change in your life. And, uh, and until that time, the change isn't going to come. So I'm sorry, but it's going to get more painful until uh, you can't bear it anymore. And that uh, feeling of being released from the pain grows so strong that it outweighs the feeling of fear holding them back. So if you're in that space right now, just try to be patient and get the courage you need to do the work. So that's a little bit of an explanation of what what doing the work is about. I know most of us already know. We know what doing the work is, right? But for those of us that just aren't sure, maybe they're, they're maybe it's you, and maybe you're new to this whole spiritual journey and work and all of that stuff. So, hey, I'm here to help and explain it. And I will be asking for comments and questions in, in a little while. And so please go ahead and start writing your questions down so that we can talk about these things. Now, next, I wanted to discuss why people don't do the work. <laughs> you know? It's like if we all did our work, we'd have peace on earth, you know, but then, gosh, I don't know, three months, peace on earth, and we'd all be cool. And we'd all evolve and ascend to our next level and start the work there, right? But we don't. And there's a lot of reasons why, you know, we're human. And a lot of times we're just not ready to look at ourselves, at least not honestly. You know, we just don't want to see it. I mean, how many times have you had a friend where you can see what's going on with this person and you you try to offer a little insight, but they just aren't ready to look at it. And they'll say, oh, no, it's not like that. Things aren't like that. You're wrong. And just say, Okay, yep, you're right. I just, you know, I just thought I'd do a disservice if I didn't mention this to you. And um, maybe they just aren't ready. So that's one of the reasons that that people don't do the work. They're just not ready or they're not ready to look at their lives honestly. Um, another thing is they may not be ready to make changes or hard decisions. You know, I always say that you can... You can determine when something is really important in your life because it's really hard. It's just so hard to do. <laughs> That's when you know, hey, this is something I really have to do because it's so hard. And someone once said to me, 
you know, Angela, nothing important comes easy. And um, I, I understood that in, it, in its general context, but the more that time goes on, I really understand that more, the core meaning to that. Because I felt, no, there have been important things in my life that, that were easy. But the more I think about that, I think, you know, he was right because that's a learning lesson right there. It's when something is really important in our lives and we have to have the courage to choose it, however it may look, and choose it because it's important. So I'll, I'll lend that to you if, if that's helpful for you. Another reason people don't do the work is that we get so involved and ingrained in our own situations that we can't see it clearly. You know, it's like you're in the middle of the storm, so you can't see the storm kind of thing, um, you know, or the forest for the trees kind of thing. You know, you're, you're right in it. And especially if it's a, a long-term situation, you know, perhaps it's something from, from family and childhood that just keeps on perpetuating itself. And it's just so ingrained in you that you, you know, something needs to change, but you're just not sure even where to start, or it just feels overwhelming and impossible. Um, or it's just such a part of you that you don't even think about changing it and shifting it because this is just the way it's always been. And this is just the way things are in my family. And this is just how we communicate. And this is just how it is, right? So that could be a reason why. Another is that we may just feel stuck and confused and we just can't see our way out of it. And I think that happens to all of us in different cir circumstances where we do just feel kind of stuck. I think another big thing is that we just can't let go, trust, and surrender that everything is going to be okay. You know, you don't, you don't need to worry so much. It's all going to work out and it's all going to be okay. But if you can't trust and surrender and let go, how could you possibly do the work? You know, how, how? That just doesn't make sense to me. You, you just, you, you can't. Um, if, if you can't believe that things will get better, then you are stuck where you are. And if you can't trust the process or your higher power or yourself or others, then you are stuck and you can't do the work and nothing will get better. So I think that so many of us, Many of us are victims of the illusion of control. You know, we think, we think we're in control. We think we can control problems and situations and people and so many things about it. We, we just, we have that grand illusion and we've bought it and we've invested in it, damn it. So I can't let that go. I am in control here. But if you are in a space where you believe you are in control of everything around you, then you definitely cannot do the work. Another thing that I've seen is when someone can only see one outcome to a situation and there's no other alternatives, then you, you can't see it clearly and do the work. So if it's like, well, this thing has to happen in this way or it can't happen, it's either one or two. It's either left or right, up or down, right or wrong kind of thing. It's either this works or it's broken. When you have that rigid mindset, you've already predetermined if something is going to be successful or a failure based on a certain outcome. And when you are stuck on a certain outcome, you lose objectivity and you can't do the work. You can't be present. It's just no way. You can't build your awareness around something if you think it can only look one way or another. And, um, you know, that's something that I, I tend to preach about a lot is I say, you know, I've got like this little brain, this little human pea brain in my head, right? And I think I understand so much about this world 
and I get in my way so much because I think that I understand my life so well. And so I limit the choices when I say to the universe or, or God or my higher power or source or whatever word we want to use for that higher being that we all are connected with. When I say, you know, God, it, it has to be like this. You know, it's either this or that. It's either a failure or a success. It's not you know, anything else. Then it really limits the outcomes of, of what can be attracted to me because I'm so rigid in how it must look in order for me to be happy. And when I hit that roadblock, that's like a, a great sign to me that I'm trying to control something and that, you know, God in the universe, they have a billion more options of how I could solve a problem than I have. I just have either fail or succeed. I just have two options, but they have about a billion that they can bring me, but they can't until I open to those options being brought to me when my mind's closed and I just say, oh, it's either a failure or a success. And it's only a failure if this happens or it's only a success if that happens, then, you know, I've limited myself to two experiences. When I say, okay, I really don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but God, I know you got me. I know you got me here, right? So I just trust that you're going to bring something that's going to uh, be in alignment with my intentions of evolving and growing to, uh, to a, a higher place. And so I'm just going to trust that you're going to bring it. And if you don't, then I'm just going to trust that it's not for me or it's not the right time. Or perhaps there's other things happening right now that I would just mess up and get in the way if this did happen. So I'm on hold for a while and I'm cool with that and I'll find other things to do and occupy my mind. So if I don't do that, if I don't make that shift and, you know, let go and let God kind of thing, then I can't do the work because I'm stuck in how it has to look. Um, another reason people don't do the work is that it would mean a lot of change and perhaps they're not ready to make those changes or deal with the results of their decisions. Like I said in the beginning, it, it was just not ready and, and that's okay. When you are, you will. If you're not, you won't. It, it, it can be that simple. Um, when you're ready to make those changes, you make them. Um, another reason that people don't do the work is they may feel like if we look at our issues and make changes, we might hurt people around us or that there may be people who leave us if we make these changes and we grow and, and, you know, what if we outgrow them and then they leave us and then we're stuck being alone and perhaps there's someone who doesn't want to be alone. Um, so that would definitely affect doing your work and growing because you, if you want life to stay exactly as it is, which is impossible, it will never stay exactly as it is. And if you don't believe me, then you need to read the book, um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, because he has an amazing viewpoint on structures and how structures fall and get rebuilt constantly in our lives. And I'll do a talk on that um, in the upcoming weeks, because when I read it, it really fascinated me. Um, but anyway, if you are um, someone who's concerned that people may leave you if you outgrow them, or if you start working on yourself, they may not like you anymore, or it might be selfish or self-indulgent, and you're taking away from others when you do this kind of stuff for yourself then it's not possible for you to do the work if you have that mindset right now. Another reason, and I think that this is a really big reason why people don't do the work is because if they start questioning themselves and their lives, they might have to admit that things aren't as perfect as they want them to be or as they make them appear to be. And they may not be as happy as they want people to believe. They may not be perfect. They may not be happy. So they don't want to drop that facade 
and start questioning themselves and making changes and, you know, even doubting some of their decisions as they're questioning themselves. So that can also be a big part of it as well. Um, there's a few other aspects here um, that I want to highlight before I ask for your questions. And one of them is um, I see doing the work as a spiritual practice, but then again, I see breathing as a spiritual practice. You know, I see drinking my tea as a spiritual practice. You know, I, I think that uh, your spirituality, it resonates through every thought and action that you have in life, because I do believe that as you do one thing, you do all things. But with it being the spiritual practice, uh, then there are other, I don't know how you would say it, other concepts around this because it's a spiritual practice. And one of them is that when a lot of people start this whole spiritual journey thing and into the spirituality, and if you um, if you listen to one of my talks from last week, we we're talking about if spirituality is going mainstream, and you know it's just really opening up in so many ways, and uh, being able to buy these products that used to be so esoteric and even um, part of the occult. And being able to buy them in the big chain stores, it just blows my mind sometimes. Gosh, sometimes I wish I was like a teenager today. I was totally into all this stuff, you know, in like the mid and late 80s as I'm dating myself when I say that. And there was nowhere to go to find any of this. You are just weird, right? There was no Amazon or anything like that. And Walmart certainly didn't carry salt lamps or even lava lamps, you know, it would have been cool with that back then. But anyway, uh, so a lot of people get involved in, in these uh, spiritual tools and concepts and things like that. And they think it's fun and um, they just want to practice the spiritual stuff when things are happy and it's cool and fun. And maybe they like crystals and drum circles and they want to interpret dreams and maybe they fantasize about communicating with their spirit guides and and they want to know who their animal totems are and their familiars. Maybe they do tarot cards for their friends and it's just all super cool, but they don't want to bother with the self-growth aspects of spirituality and using these tools for self-analysis, such as dream work. Um, or drum circles, you know, to get into that rhythm and, and even even chanting um, to get into that, that spiritual space where you leave this reality below you and rise up into the ethers and able, you're able to access more information in that way or, you know, tarot cards, using them as, as a tool for your own self-growth. Um, it's just not you know, cool to find out if he's cheating on you kind of thing. You know, these tools can be used for so many levels of deep introspection and self-understanding and growth if we choose to use them in that form. Another aspect of it being a spiritual practice is that I've seen people, and, and I'm going to tell you this has happened a lot over the years, um, especially when you know, I've owned a, a metaphysical shop for about 12 years, and we'll see people coming in wanting to learn about spirituality and spiritual practices and tools. Uh, they want to learn about meditation and journaling and setting intentions and how to use a pendulum and oracle cards and they're, they're all into it when life is good and easy and steady and predictable. But when the real world hits them, they drop all of these practices and they go deal with the real world stuff, you know, and maybe they'll pick up spirituality again in the future. 
but they rarely do. You know, people will call me and they'll say, how do I get out of this? What's going on? This is just a horrible experience I'm having. And, you know, maybe it's, oh, I've got financial issues or health issues or this stuff going on at home or my relationships breaking up. And I just don't know how to deal with this. I can't handle this. And also, have you been using your tools? Because I remember when you were in my class a couple of months ago, or I remember when we talked about tarot cards, or when I reminded you about journaling. Do you remember those things? Because now is the time when you use them. Maybe they were fun to learn about before, but now you actually get something out of them. Come on, you know, you can use these to get answers from your own subconscious from your own heart and from your own guides and angels and God and Jesus and all of those higher vibration souls that you connect with to guide you and to lend grace to you so that you may travel this journey with ease. These tools and these practices are what get you there. So why do you shut them down when things get hard? Why do you go back to being a human? (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. And um, I'm not at fault by any means. You know, I'll talk to my friends sometimes and say something. Oh, it's just a really rough day. And I can't understand why this is happening. And she'll say, did you use your tools? What are you doing? What are you doing to find peace? Did you meditate today? Did you go for a walk? Are you using your tools? And sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, I'm very embarrassed to say, no, (laughs) I completely forgot. And you're right. And let me get off the phone and go meditate right now and it'll get better. It'll get much better. Um, Another aspect about this, doing the work being a spiritual practice, is that many people know all of the spiritual lingo. They know about the chakras and they know all the gurus out there by name. They've read all the books. They've attended all of the seminars. They've watched all the recent documentaries and they're up on the latest content and speakers and crystals and all of that. They're they're hip to it all, basically, right? They're well-versed on everything spiritual, but they keep it all in their heads. They don't take it into their heart and they don't apply it to their own lives. However, they can definitely apply it to other people and tell them exactly what those people need to do to heal their lives and to advance spiritually. But they themselves, they're way too evolved to look at their own dirt and make hard choices. You know, it's like, have you ever met a therapist that you become friends with? And you find out they have like this horrific personal life. Like it's, it's beyond bad. It's like really, really bad. I have. And the first time it happened to me, I thought, why does your life look like this? You have all the tools. So why is it crazyville for you back home and all this drama is going on? When you're a therapist and you help people get through their problems, you have you have all the tools you need, or maybe you're a coach and you know what to do because you tell other people what to do all day long. And yet your life is a train wreck. It's the same thing. Okay? I, I think the only difference though is that and I do, and what I'm about to say, I believe, is starting to go away because spirituality is becoming more mainstream, is it used to be that 
that people that knew about a lot of the spiritual practices or um, uh, occult practices, that kind of thing. Um, and I know a lot, that has a lot of bad connotations on it. But if you look at the history of it all, it, it's not it's not all demonic stuff. It's not all bad stuff kind of thing. Um, a lot of it's just tools that that have been represented in ways that are for us devolving and not evolving. But that's not it's it's just tools. And um, however you use them with your intentions is the way that they get used, basically. OK, um, but. You know, I, I've seen this this practice of people trying to make things more mysterious than they are. That's what I'm going to say. So because spirituality is becoming more mainstream, it's not going to happen as much, but it used, it used to happen a lot more where no one knew what meditation was. And so you could be a guru and, oh, come meditate with me. It's so spiritual, right? And, you know, you can learn how to do the work in advance because it's so spiritual. Um, and part of that could be used as a power play when you understood spiritual concepts that other people didn't. Or, you know, you knew how to read uh, tarot cards. And, and I've seen this before, too. I've seen people who know how to read tarot cards and they act like they have some kind of like crazy power over other people that don't know how to read them. And so, um, and so I think that that's not as much anymore, but uh, I do think that people do still use that when they have spiritual knowledge, they're able to say, um, I can use it to make myself look better and smarter and all of that. So you're getting what I'm saying, right? Have you ever felt like any of this? Have you started doing work on yourself? And if so, how did it feel? So I want you to start thinking about examples of when you had to do some work on yourself and look at something in order to make changes to your life. I'm going to go ahead and open the floor now to guest. Um, so if you can start thinking about the things like this that you would like to share. And I do have one guest waiting right now. So I'm going to go in and let's just see who wants to join us. So hi, Julie. I'm going to go ahead and invite you in to join us today. And I, I look forward to talking with you. Hello. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm all right. I was, you just made me chuckle so much with what you've said already. It's quite it's quite comical the way that you've uh, kind of pushed it across to me and how I've received it it's like you are quite right that people seem to feel that because they have these tools and things that they are of some some way or other higher than the rest of the people <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy isn't it and yet yeah when you look at you know, you look at the background. I mean, I used to live down the road from a, a child psychologist. This was years and years ago. And her children were awful. <laughs> <laughs> so badly behaved and dysfunctional. It's unbelievable. And I, I remember sort of cursing these kids because they were just awful. And now I, I, I found out what she, I said, what did this do she do for a living? She's a very gentle woman, like, you know, and Oh, yes, she's a child psychologist. And I just put my hand up to my head and went, so this is where we're going wrong. This is what's happening in the world. It's like licensed to correct your children. But my kids, uh, you know, I'm not doing my child psychology on my own children, of course, because yeah. they are perfect. <laughs> yeah, she's not doing the work, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. That's the thing when people are sort of telling you that they have these tools and um, yes, I can give them to you. You have to use them a particular way, but obviously you're going to have to pay for that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that they are in this realm of, of perfection that you are never going to reach, which is why you're <laughs> seeking their uh, knowledge or their assistance in some way because there's no way you could possibly find it on your own they're and the spiritual elite 
Yeah, absolutely. But the point is, is at the very end of the day, we're all these little life essences going through these experiences. We're all equal. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that nobody says. Nobody says it. They don't say, oh, you know, you are exactly the same as I am in, in the, the measure that you are alive. Yes. You know, and your experience in life. And yeah, it is difficult. It's not great for all of us. Sometimes it's this way and other times it's glorious. And just because it's so glorious for someone in one particular way, there may, may be some other way that it's not quite so colourful, you know? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, they're not giving you the whole of the picture every mm -hmm. time. The, yeah. What you're getting is a glossed up version that isn't real. That's what upsets me about it all really is I'd love to find somebody who just says, I'm just a Joe Average person. There's nothing particularly special about me <laughs> except for the fact that I am me. And the thing that's special about you is that you are you. I can't be you. I can't tell you what tools you need to, to make anything better or worse about yourself because I don't know you. You know you. Do you know what I mean? If they were really truthful... <laughs> I mean, this spiritual thing to me is just trended yeah. to, to the extreme. It's like in the 60s, everybody was a hippie and they were all smoking weed and taking LSD. That's the 60s. The 80s, everybody had blooming wide shoulder pads and <laughs> funny haircuts. So what they're going to say about 2022 is, yeah, everybody was spiritual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, and that's it. It'll run its course. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things I talked about last week about uh, spirituality become mainstream, I, I compared it to yoga. And, you know, yoga was such this foreign, weird thing 20 years ago. And then, you know, the pendulum went the other way and it became this mass practice. And then, you know, now it's just part of every day and the studios are closing and, mm. you know, it, it's, it ran its course. And I think spirituality is next. And yeah. if, you know, there are people out there that use whatever they can to try to impress others and use others and control others and spirituality yeah. will be part of that. Yoga was a part of that too. And yes, I was going to the gym and having a gym membership. Mm -hmm. You know, that was another thing that was a really trendy, wasn't it? And then there, there's yes. obviously, like you said, the yoga thing and the Tai Chi. Everybody's doing Tai Chi and they seem to do Tai Chi. And, oh, my giddy pants, it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> Before that, it was be a yuppie. Let's all make money and own yeah. our own houses and all of this. It's all there just to just stop you from having an all-round black and white and gray and pink and green colorful look at stuff it's yeah. just if you're going to hone in on one place in spirituality what are you missing mm -hmm. you're not encompassing anyone else in that are you spirituality is a thing all about you and loving you and being bloody selfish really yeah. <laughs> not considering and, others and you know you're right and you can go through a spiritual journey in this lifetime and never step foot in a church or yeah. never meditate or you know never know about your chakras or anything like that just being here on earth is a spiritual journey in itself yeah. and you'll you'll experience what you're supposed to experience you know giving you the opportunity to learn what you're supposed to learn while you're here regardless of your life choices I it's going to my hands together for you to say that because that is exactly it mm -hmm. our journey is our journey my journey is my journey and yeah. your journey is your journey. They're not going to be similar. They may have some similarities along the way, but they're still not the same. Yeah. And that you're right about, you know, just the experiences that we have with the lifespan that we're given. That's mm -hmm. the spirituality. That is yeah. that is it on the on nail on the head. I, I don't go into a church. I don't meditate. I just sit, you know, because I live on a boat, so I sit outside because I'm lucky. I realise that I'm lucky where I live. It's out in the middle of the sticks on the River Avon in the middle of 
Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I sit out on the bow of my boat and I watch the reeds. I look at the fish in the water when it's clear. I see the dragonflies flying about. I take pictures of the kingfisher. I come in and have a, a sandwich or something. I go back out and sit out in the sun and feel the heat. That's my meditation. I don't need to close my eyes, <coughs> time myself, clear yeah. my mind. Because whilst I'm looking at these things, my mind is clear. Yeah, so why yeah. would I have to take up meditation? Why have I got to know about my chakras? Yeah. They'll come it, to me when the time's yeah. right. Yeah. And and you're trusting and you're in the flow and you're aware. And I think that that's what it takes is just that awareness. And I agree with you. Meditation is really when we just stop thinking and we start being present and experiencing and just using our senses to to see and hear and touch and just enjoy life for for sometimes a brief moment however yeah. brief it's worth it yeah absolutely and then along with that then i have to go out and do the same as everybody else i have to go out and earn a crust so that i can eat pay the blooming morning <laughs> fees you know and it's all part of it One's not better than the other. It's just another way of seeing it, isn't it? It's another mm -hmm. thing that's happening in my world. It's another experience that I'm having. But I yep. wouldn't say one was better than the other because they are both, in their own right, an experience. Mm -hmm. All down this path of life that I'm living. I love you. I love what you were saying. You did cheer me up so much. A couple of things you said really made me giggle a little. <laughs> But keeping well, it real, girl. You're keeping it real. And yeah. I love real. <laughs> you know, we have to. We have to help each other and we have to discuss these things in a way that, that we get it. You yeah. know, it's not that complicated. And the people that are making it so complicated are charging for it. That's right. And it should be free anyway. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there for sure. So when I sit out on my boat and I go on here and I start telling people about what I'm looking at, that's me sharing. And I ain't charging for it. Why would I? Yeah, exactly. Why would I do that? That's just, that's not giving. That's, you know, it's like bartering my time to think I'm better than someone else. And I ain't. I just play in the end. I'm just another living entity like you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You, Angela, Thank I will you. be listening. Thank you so much for joining me. Anytime you're welcome to come on. It's great Thank to talk you. with you. Lovely to talk to you too. Speak to you soon, love. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, Julie. That was great to hear your perspective on it. And um, I'm also going to go ahead and open up if anyone else would like to come on um, as a guest and just share a story or participate or uh, comment or anything like that. You are welcome to do it because if you've listened to me at all, you know I can talk. I can talk for hours. I I'm full of it. <laughs> so I can, I can talk and talk and talk about this kind of stuff. But um, in all honesty, I've, I've been teaching it for over 10 years now, I guess about 15 years. And so it's just mostly me sharing my experiences of what I see more than um, trying to, to be preachy or anything like that. Oh, Nancy's going to come and join us. Hi, Nancy. Come on in. So glad to have you. Oh, <laughs> hello, Hi. hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. How's it going? Good, it's all good. This is a great, great topic. Thank you, Angela. Um, I, I love uh, what Julie just shared about her meditation. I was right there when she was describing it, just yep. back of her boat, I guess, and the clear water and seeing fish and and when I have meditated, and it, again, it's like, why don't I do this more often? And if I mm -hmm. do have almost like a high, like a rush, the sense of um, like it all is right with the world. And but I've discovered if I write or if I doing my painting or I paint angels or I paint 
anything. I get my paints out or just draw. Time will go by and I will get that same, same side effect, if you call it that. Like just that um, very peaceful and um, just all is right with the world kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to, I, I feel like this topic is piggybacking on what was last week. Mm-hmm. Because I really took away, I've been thinking about this all week. So Angela, I'm just gonna, I'm just chatting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I'm wide okay. open. You just bring it, okay? <laughs> all right. So I, I really have, and I've done, you know, workshops or I've done online things or taken classes, and you know, you, you be that and you're there present. But I truly took away last week's, and I thought about it a lot. So it was Mercury and retrograde. And what mm-hmm. I took very strongly was like that slingshot vision of really doing the work of what was coming because, mm-hmm. yep, old stuff came up mm-hmm. just like clockwork, just right on time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I knew this was coming. And it got worse and it got worse and it really, really got, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm okay. But this particular repeating pattern thing was just intensified. Mm-hmm. So I knew, okay, this might have to do with it. The, the way the planets were and the mercury was affecting us and the time of year. But I also looked at it like, if you really, really, really want to make a change, and I, and then I brought in the trust of it, mm-hmm. because I thought that there's nothing to lose, you know, it, it, it did involve family, but I wasn't being mean to family, I was just, it, you know, it's a boundary thing, mm-hmm. and it's going okay. It's it's not like cured, but I do have complete um, faith, and I feel that it's not going to be as bad again when it returns. I don't. I think because I really, yeah. So how did your awareness shift the whole situation? You know, how is it different? Whereas before, maybe you know, would you have been? I don't know, like pulled in the current of it all and not been able to mm-hmm. see it. Um, so how would, how did your awareness change your perception of the situation you were going through? Like, how did that shift you? Um, I felt it deep within me that this, the time was now. It just like, that's what kept, I'm, I'm saying it, but I was feeling it. Like the time was now. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Like, so I made a couple steps and also working on the time being now, just having a ton of faith that the universe was supporting me in this. And this truly was the right thing to do. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you say that you are aware that the time is now, do you mean that the time is now for you to make a decision or make a change or take an action or to confront oh, something? Yeah, it was an action. It was a, it was a literal, um, like I had to block somebody and it okay. was, it was blocking and it was, it was an, it was a de- definite action. It wasn't something I I was like, Oh, I'm ready to make this decision and, you know, I'll be doing this in a couple days. No, it was like, a, I was in the thick of it for about three days and it was a, an action that and you it, said- it was like, yeah, it was just like, this is happening. It's a pattern I know about, but it's coming forward like 20 times worse. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like you always know what the action is. I think we were talking about that. Like, being afraid to take that action, but. So this is a situation um, that had happened before. And so you, had you wanted to block the person before and 
uh, and didn't yes. know it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so this time, um, what led to you getting to the point where you had like the courage or the confidence to block them? Was it like the long-term view or the overview or knowing that this was a lesson or what was it in Mm -hmm. the awareness that shifted you so that you could take the action? It was like, it just, it was almost like if this was my daughter or this was my mother or this was my good friend, I would be looking at them and going, why aren't you doing these steps? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I, I just laughed because I, I could just see that now where you're like, you know, if this was my daughter, I would have told them, you need to block this person right yeah. away. Why am I not just blocking this person right away? Right. <laughs> right. So easy. <laughs> so, so easy. <laughs> yes. If so it were so easy, everybody'd be doing it, right? Right. And I, and I, I just felt like, I also think like having that birthday the week before was like, I just thought, and maybe I'm just growing or experiencing life more where I'm aware that if I really want to change, then I have to make changes and this is a healthy change for me and for that person. And, and, and and really honestly, the biggest was that I had this trust and faith that, um, this was the right, this was the right thing to do. This was absolutely the right thing to do. And it was coming on the heels of our conversation and, um, you know, the workshop. And then of course I'm like, we hadn't talked about it because now I'm learning about it tonight, but it's, I'm, I'm deaf. I mean, I was doing the work. (laughs) You are doing the work, sister. You are doing it. (laughs) And you know what? I think the other thing is, is I don't want to do that anymore. I think that's it. That's that like that. I just, I'm tired of this. Let's stop. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I think that was part of it too. I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, Not getting think, anything out of it. I think it's really important to bring up that what is easy for one person may be extremely difficult for someone else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as we were saying about, like you saying to your daughter, you know, why would you just block them? And maybe it would have been easy, and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I'm going to block them," and she'd just do it. But it's right. the history that has led up to. Uh, you know, the decision that has to be made. It's all the stuff that came before that decision you had to make. That's what you were dealing with. That's what you had to get the courage to face. Yes. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a light decision. And unfortunately, I think for, for humans, I think we have to go through it a couple times to, (laughs) The hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. To really, yeah, make that that really important decision. Yeah. So it, it felt good to, to do that and, and continue doing it. And and before I go, I was just going to ask you, and you can take it later, um, maybe just go over the tools in the toolbox. I have yep. tarot cards written down, but other things too. Okay. I sure will. Oh my goodness, they're using. Oh, thank you. Sorry, you just got cut off. You're welcome to come back on if you like anytime, Nancy. Um, and I just, I appreciate your comments so much. And I appreciate that you are um, sharing your experiences with all of us and uh, that you're willing to come on live and talk about those things and share it. And, you know, that's what true wisdom is all about. And I don't mean to be like, you know, tongue in cheek with this app being called wisdom, but it is true wisdom when we can share our experiences with others. Because, you know, as as the host of this, I can talk day and night. And I know that many of you have heard me talk day and night um, as you follow me through different uh, programs and classes and things like that. 
but we also need to hear each other's experiences because you're going to offer things that nobody else offers that someone out there needs to hear. This concludes part one of the podcast episode, Doing the Work. As you can tell, this is a recorded live call. It takes place every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a live mentoring call that I provide for free. To learn more information about this call and to participate, please visit my website, AngelaBoswell.com, and click on podcast and read the top of the page for instructions. Thank you, and please look for part two to continue this discussion on doing the work.